Good morning and welcome to worship at Selwyn Avenue Presbyterian Church. We are so glad that you have found your way to us by way of Facebook Live or maybe Instagram Live or even back on our website when you have a moment to worship. If you are experiencing trouble with the internet or with connectivity this morning, so are we. So we'll do the best we can. And just know if uh, we lose you, you can find us again on our website or on our podcast. We continue to give thanks for um, your flexibility and your patience. And I give thanks for the worship team that is here with us this morning, um, Sam and Eric and Gay and Ivy and Fred and Maeve. Thank you all for being here this morning. We do have a few announcements to share with you as we're turning the corner towards fall. Tonight, Selwyn Avenue is going to do a new thing. At 7.30 on our front lawn, you are invited to worship with us. Um, you will be invited to bring a lawn chair, a blanket, and a mask. Um, please note that it's a casual service and we will be practicing social distancing and no touching. Um, please know that it is mandatory that you bring a mask and wear it uh, per our orders from our COVID task force. If it rains, we cancel, but I know, I uh, hope it won't. Next Sunday on August 30th, we'll celebrate our back to school Sunday. We'll continue with worship here in the sanctuary at 1030 and then again on the lawn at 730 in person. Also, please note that we will be celebrating the Lord's Supper in both services. If you're going to worship with us at 1030, you're invited to set a sacred place in your home with the elements. And also in the evening, we'll provide elements for you in a safe way. Uh, next Sunday, the 30th, we will also celebrate a blessing of the backpacks and Chromebooks. So if you are a young person or a teacher, you are invited to join us for a drive-by blessing of the backpacks between 12 and 1 o'clock in the afternoon. We're also honoring our Montclair families, and we're inviting all of our members and visitors to please bring uh, groceries to restock their food pantry. We're especially in need of bags of beans and rice. So join us next Sunday the 30th between 12 and 1 for this community endeavor. If you are an eighth grader or the parent of an eighth grader, please pay attention to Margot Richardson's announcements regarding confirmation. There's an important meeting for parents this week on Thursday. Parents, please make a point to be with us for that meeting on Zoom. It is important. In that same realm, our youth group will kick off next week on the 30th. You are invited to join Margot on the lawn for safe and social gatherings at 6.20, and that's before our 7.30 in-person worship that evening. All of our programming for youth and children will be available on our website, as well as all of the links and plans for our adult gatherings and small groups, both in-person and virtual. Um, last but not least, if you feel called to help a child at Montclair Elementary School, now is the time for you to be in touch with our mission group or Lisa McLennan as our partners with Augustine Literacy, Heart um, Math Tutoring, and Read Charlotte are training and equipping virtual tutors for our work this fall. And now let us prepare our hearts to worship God. Let angels prostrate fall. 
Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. As you are able, please join me. Call the worship. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent, and for our city's sake, I will not rest until she shines like the dawn and her salvation is like a burning torch. Your steadfast love, O Lord, extends to the heavens, your faithfulness to the clouds. The nations shall see the Lord's righteousness and all the kings your glory. Your righteousness is like the mighty mountains. Your judgment is like the great deep. You save humans and animals alike, O Lord. You shall, be crown, you shall be a crown of beauty in the hand of the Lord, and a royal diadem in the hand of your God. How precious is your steadfast love, O God. All people make refuge in the shadow of your wings. You shall no longer be called forsaken, and your land shall no longer be called desolate. They feast on the abundance of your house, and you give them drink from the river of your delights. For with you is the fountain of life. In your light we see light. O oh, pour out your steadfast love and shine forth your salvation. Amen. Servants of God, your master proclaim and publish abroad Christ's wonderful name, the name all victorious of Jesus extolled, whose kingdom is glorious, who rules over all. Salvation to God, who sits on the throne. Let all cry aloud and honor the Son, the praises of Jesus, the angels acclaim. Fall down on their faces and worship the Lamb. Then let us adore and give him his right, all glory and power, all wisdom and might, all honor and blessing with angels above, and thanks never ceasing and infinite love. Friends.
friends, our God is merciful and compassionate. God is slow to anger and filled with unfailing love. He is close to all who call on him in truth, listening to their cries for help and offering them salvation. In faith, let us bring our confession before God, knowing that he will hear our prayers and forgive. Let us pray. Merciful God, we confess that with us there is an abundance of sin, but in you there is the fullness of righteousness and abundance of mercy. We are spiritually poor, but your mercy is rich and in Jesus Christ. Strengthen our faith and trust in you. We are empty vessels that need to be filled. Fill us. We are weak in faith, strengthen us. We are cold in love, warm us and make our hearts fervent. That our love may go out and be one another and to our neighbors. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Friends, believe in the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ we are forgiven. All summer, we have been embarking upon a journey of the greatest story ever told, which of course is the story of who God is and who we are in Christ Jesus. For the final two Sundays of this series, we've turned the corner to think a little bit about who Jesus is. And the story we bring you this morning is found in the Gospel of John. It's chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. Listen for the word of the Lord. On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied. My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons of water. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so. And the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned to wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, Everyone brings out the choice wine first, and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best till now. What Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Yesterday, Pamela Verone and Earl Obenbauer, both in their 70s, gathered here in this sanctuary along with their children and their grandchildren for a very small wedding. 
not just any wedding, but their wedding. Earl is the father of our member and elder Laura Stark, and this wedding has been the only worship service that we have held here in this sanctuary for over five months, besides, of course, these online worship services. The wedding itself had been postponed for several weeks, and there were only about 25 of us here in the sanctuary. Intimate or not, weddings are a big deal, and these days they're extremely tricky to pull off. The travel, the music, the flowers, the minister, the church, the dinners, the dresses and the tuxedos, the logistics, and in our case, the masks. It is amazing to me how much joy we can truly articulate through our eyes and our foreheads alone, isn't it? For me, the masks were not ideal, but they reminded me of how important the moment truly was. The concern was constant. What choices must we make in order to keep one another healthy? Who around us is immune compromised or at risk? What about my health? How far will we go to be a part of a community? And then it turns to whose lives are at risk because we are not gathering? Who among us or in our city cannot access food or adult supervision or internet or protection from an abuser? How much can we bend and change and adapt in order for us to be together? Ordinary people going to extraordinary measures to witness and celebrate God's transformative love and grace. It seems like there are a lot of ordinary people going to extraordinary measures in the name of God's transformative love and grace these days. Just to taste a little bit of joy, to protect the most vulnerable, or to remember that we are still connected and part of a community. Our young adults in college are certainly navigating this as much as anyone. Rules and protocol and schedules and screens and temperature checks. But God created us to be together and calls us to be united in love and in hope. This has been hard work for us ordinary folks. But I suppose it's always been that way. Loved ones going out of their way just to catch a glimpse, just to be together. It was this way for the couple in the town of Cana. Their closest friends and family, including Jesus and the disciples and Jesus' own mother, they had all made the nine-mile trek to Cana to witness the vows, only now to find themselves on the outskirts of the celebration. Let's be honest, most of the interesting people at a party are always on the edges. And anyway, if you flip your Bible open to the Gospels, that's always where you're going to find Jesus, on the fringes, usually with the ones who were not even invited. And it is here behind the scenes, in the back room, amongst the cake stands and the empty kegs, we find Mary doing what moms often do in times like these. Mind you, it's not even her son getting married, but God forbid they run out of wine. God forbid the social implications or the embarrassment or whatever it was. But clearly Jesus doesn't seem as concerned about the wine or the party. 
when he says, Woman, why is this any of my business? Why are you bothering me with their party? It sounds like they have a problem, doesn't it? But it certainly isn't mine. You know, since COVID-19, alcohol sales in the U.S. have been through the roof. God forbid we run out of wine. But to be clear, this is not a story about the wine. The guests had no clue where the expensive wine had even come from. And by the time they were drinking it, they probably didn't care anyway. The only lasting thing wine offers is a headache and a hangover. And although we must commend God for those who encourage us to get going and to use our best gifts according to God's glory, this is also not a story about a nagging mother. You see, in the Gospel of John, this is the inaugural sign. It is the first step. This moment in the intimacy of family and friends and servants launches Jesus' entire adult ministry. It was not magic. It was not a party trick. It was a sign revealing something about who Jesus is and so therefore also who God is. This is a story about a God who chooses to enter and change our ordinary, predictable lives in unexpected, in abundant, and joyful ways. And like I said, if you want to know where Jesus hangs out, it's usually on the margins of the celebration with the servers and the helpers and those who don't really feel like they fit in. And as long as we are looking around the edges of this party here in Cana, we may as well state the obvious. Right over there, near the back, around the corner, you can see these six large stone jars. These jars are important. They are huge, each of them holding 20 to 30 gallons of purified water. Good people with good intentions fill those jars for the rituals of baptism and worship and renewal. And in many ways, these jars order our days and lives according to God's blessings with gratitude and peace. We need those jars. We mean to keep them full. We mean to do the right things by our families and our friends and our neighbors and God, most importantly. But lately, lately things, lately things have been so distracting and disorienting and disturbing. It has been more than five months since any crowds gathered together. Our lives have been postponed and canceled and called off and emptied. Group workouts and book clubs and sports and choirs and volunteering, weddings and concerts and celebrations and baptisms and funerals. Stadiums are empty. Schools are empty. Sanctuaries are empty. The stone jars are empty. And if we've learned anything over the last several months, we've come to understand what it means to carry an empty jar. We all know what it means to carry loss and grief. We all know what it means to be afraid or even feel threatened. 
We all know what it means to pray for a youth or a young adult child who has turned away or turned toward a new phase of life with an uncertain future. We all know what it means to worry. We all know what it means to live our lives according to the assumptions and the divisions of politics and racism and classism. We all know what it means to stare at an emotional abyss separating us from someone else that we love. We all know what it means to wait. And it's not that these empty jars are so heavy. It's just that they're so cumbersome to carry around. And so who can blame us for lining up the empty jars outside or on the edges of our lives where we don't really have to pay attention to them? And the next thing you know, we've forgotten about them altogether. And then all of a sudden, we aren't even trying to fill them up at all. You see, we want to assume that maybe we'll get to them later. or Maybe somebody else will fill them up. But remember, Jesus did not fill those water jars. Those around him did. And those empty jars are like the spaces between us. All this space between us. This space between love and loss. The space between letting go and moving on. The space between us and them. It is the space between what used to be and what will be next. It is giving up and forgetting God's promises of baptism and communion are true for you, even right now. Of course, the jars from time to time are filled with the sustaining waters of God's blessing and covenant, but so often our neglect of these jars lead to self-doubt, resentment, too much work, self-pity, narcissism, or some other substance fills these jars. And if we abandon them all together, we can expect that they might fill up with some nothingness of sadness and depression. And in these times, we hear Mary saying, do whatever he tells you to do. Fill the jars, draw them out, and serve them. Order your steps to what Jesus is telling you to do. Get to the doctor, call your friend or pastor, order your steps in a way which will lead you out of the emptiness. Which I guess is helpful advice, but if you're feeling empty, it can be a really tall order. And I guess we have to ask ourselves, do we really expect Jesus to show up in these intimate moments of our lives? Do you really trust with your whole heart that Jesus is going to hear your complaint and say, why is your emptiness any of my business? What if Jesus were to say that? It sounds like you have a problem, but it's not my problem. Isn't that our fear? It might be our fear, but the truth is that Jesus doesn't care about the big show or the big party or who is invited or who isn't. The truth is Jesus is already in the back room of our hearts and he's already shown up within the crevices of our ordinary relationships and lives and he's willing and ready to do something overwhelmingly unexpected and transformative 
in order that you might share it with people who will never know or fully understand the miracle that took place in the deep parts of your own life. Fill the jars with water. Draw them out. Serve them to the bride and the groom and all of their unassuming, idiotic friends, 180 gallons of exquisite wine. What sort of God is this? Maybe our vessels seem empty, but if we pay attention to what God is calling us to do, we might experience God's transformative and abundant grace in ways that we can never predict or expect. This is not a story about the wine, but this is a story about the one who changes water into wine. This is the story of a God who changes the way our story ends by filling the empty places of our predictable lives with abundance and joy. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Gracious and merciful God, creator of all things, you are the God of beauty, power, generosity and miracles. All things are possible in and through you. You are a God who delights in us, your creation. You have gifted us with many wonderful and perfect things, and for this we give thanks. Yet here we are, finding ourselves in a messy situation. This beautiful world of yours is hard sometimes. We have deadly storms brewing, fires raging, a deadly virus upending our lives, a history of injustice against our brothers and sisters of color, political divisiveness, mudslinging, cancer, addiction, depression, abuse, corruption, unemployment, homelessness, hunger, and so many children in need. Lord, we are at the wedding and we have no wine. We stand ready to do just as you command, just as Mary said to the servants. We're here and we're ready, Lord, but we need you to turn our water into wine. We need you to fix the mess we're in, Lord. We need your miraculous ways to turn this around for good. Show us the way. Give us a well-lit path. Take our empty jars direct us how to fill them, and send us to the steward. But Lord, turn our water into wine. 
Help us make this world the place it should be. Help us see each other as you see us. Help us to meet the needs of each other. Help us to treat each other with the love and mercy that you show us. Give us forgiveness for each other and abundant grace to lavish upon each other, just as the bridegroom lavished your fine wine upon his guest when they least expected it. Stay with us while we work with you and for you. You are the one who is in us, with us, before us, and who can do all things. We ask this in the name of the very one who turned water into wine and who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Responding to the call of God to love your neighbor is done through the sharing of your time, your talents and skills, and the financial treasures entrusted to you. During this time of reflection and song, we invite you to listen and consider how you might share each of those with the church and the world and respond likewise. Our text to give number is 704-734-9818. Us 
awesome in power, our God, our God. And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then who could stand against? And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against? pray again as we dedicate our gifts. God of abundance, you are the one who turns water into wine, tedium into celebration, seeds into bounty. May your will be done here where we live and worship. May impossible things come to pass. May you use the gifts of our time, talent, and treasure to fill empty spaces of hunger, thirst, and loneliness with grace, love, and peace. May we find strength for the week ahead, joy in the struggle, and courage through the grace of God. In Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and grant you peace now and forevermore. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. <laughs>